from the studios of Fractal Recording, this is The Mystic Show, episode 114. Welcome, everyone, to The Mystic Show. I hope you like the uh, the long introduction as well. That's meant to sort of get us in the mood for this conversation uh, we're about to have. I'm your host, Chris Curran, and I'm happy you're able to join me. On this show, we talk about spirituality and mindfulness and meditation. And the purpose of the show is for you and I, and everyone, to be able to contemplate and discuss these higher spiritual values, and then, of course, implement them in our lives so we can benefit. Um, And if you practice what we talk about on this show, it'll make a big difference in your life. Every Friday morning, we publish a new episode, and you can hear that, uh, you can hear all episodes on iTunes and Stitcher and on our website, themysticshow.net. And you can also sign up for behind-the-scenes emails from me where I tell you some more behind-the-scenes ideas of, of my research and my studying and all this and all, all kinds of cool stuff. I'd also like to thank uh, Pause Your Life. Pause Your Life is, uh, is our sponsor and our sister organization where we host meetups and retreats. You know, if you want to escape the craziness of your life, if, you, if you're feeling like, you know, my God, I need a vacation type of feeling, um, which you probably feel that every week or every other week, um, that's what pause your life is for. Pause your life is to hit the pause button and just be a human being and not, you know, be one of the roles that you're playing, mother, father, worker, um, driver, so many roles we play in life, right? So the plan for this episode of The Mystic Show is uh, we're going to read a section from the James Allen book that we're reading from. Uh, The book's called From Poverty to Power. Uh, We're going to read that section in a little bit, and it's, it's really good. It's called The Realization of Selfless Love. And it's, well, this is, this is actually in our spiritual pursuit, this, what we're going to read today is very, very powerful and helpful because it discusses the difference between divine love and human love. And I think that's very often confused. But first, I want to just talk about, um, I recently spoke to a friend and, um, and I've recently gone through a situation in my own life where you know, there's a either a business relationship of some kind or, or some kind of relationship and it goes bad and, you know, maybe somebody owes the other person a fair amount of money and it's just, it's not pleasant. Nobody enjoys that situation. I went through, I went through this a while back and um, actually a couple times in my life and, 
it really kind of can bother you if you let it. And it's hard not to let it because it's, you know, it seems like such an important part of our lives, you know, our business and money. And it is important. Um, However, if we let it sort of mentally torture us, that's not good either. So, so I was talking to a friend and he was thinking about pursuing um, legal action and going after this person to get his money back. And, um, you know, in a legal sense, it's fine. You can, you can go after your money and in, in a moral sense, yes, if the person owes you money, you should get your money. Um, however, I reminded him because I had just sort of gone through this. I didn't file any lawsuits, but I, I thought about everything. Right. And I explained that, you know, or I just brought up this fact that, you know, is it really worth it? Because obviously you're right in many ways in the material world. You're right. If someone owes you money, you should get your money. And that's why laws are in place. And that's why we're able to go after someone and, and set, set it right. I said, absolutely. I agree. However, um, think about the mental and emotional toll this will take on you. Because I know when I went through my little ordeal for the time I was going through it, um, it bothered me a lot. And, you know, it's something that I thought about very often. And, and in a spiritual sense, that's really not good for something to be bothering you that much because our consciousness and our awareness should be on these higher spiritual values or the divinity inside of ourselves or universal love or, or divine love. Like we're going to talk about later, we shouldn't be thinking about, you know, playing some chess game in our mind about how we're going to get our money back. And, and if the person is going to sue me back or, you know, or do they know where I live and do they know where I work and worried about what people are going to do and all this stuff. I mean, that's when you get into that game, you're sort of consumed by it. Now, I think there are times when you, you have to get into that game, right? You have to, um, whether it's because it's just the right thing to do or because you feel you have to. And in those cases you should, you know, if you really, feel you should, then you should. Um, if just letting it all go is going to bother you more <laughs> than pursuing it, then definitely pursue it. Um, however, it's a big learning experience for us when we're able to come up against these situations in our lives where, yeah, maybe maybe someone did you wrong. Maybe someone did the wrong thing. And maybe everyone you talk about agrees with you on every level. Um it doesn't mean you have to pursue it and follow it and spend the next year or two of your life battling to make something right. You can, but maybe you don't have to. Maybe it's better to just drop it, you know, let it go and move on. And move on means unburdened, you know, without that mental garbage without that mental weight on our shoulders of thinking about things, you know, I think it's definitely a life skill to be able to just cut something off and move on and 
and literally move on like and not be hindered by by what happened um you know it's the distinction of when knowing when to walk away and and knowing when to to stay so you know it's a very practical life situation. The The point I wanted to make in telling you about this is that, you know, in the material world, we th- it's easy to think about money. Okay, this person owes me this much money. Um, but we rarely think about, okay, if I do pursue it, what's going to be the mental toll on me? What price am I paying mentally and emotionally and consciously or consciousnessly? That's what I wanted to say, but I don't, I don't think that's a word. You know, we, we, that's a choice we have to make. And that's why a lot of wise people uh, tell us to just give up, walk away. Just give up. You know, there's been many, many, many gurus and masters who have said if there's ever any strife or anything, especially within families, just give up, walk away, or just give up. Like if there's fighting over money, then just give the money. You know, if your brothers and sisters are fighting over money and, and it's causing a big problem in the family, just give up, give them the money. Say, look, if you think you, if you think this amount of money is what you want to get, fine, have it. That is a very advanced level to be at because most, as you know, most people in the material world would argue with me on that one. Not argue with me, but argue with the, the idea because I, I, I don't make a stand either way. I mean, every situation is different. Every person is different and every lesson that we need to learn is different. So there's no blanket answer that you should always give up and walk away or you should always pursue it to the letter of the law. There's there's no blanket there's no blanket answer like that. And there's an interesting story. Story time. There's an interesting story I wanted to share that uh, kind of illustrates this. It's called The Two Monks. No, it's called The Story of the Two Monks. Yeah. And I'll just read it, but it goes along with what what we're talking about here. And I'm not sure where this story is from, actually, so maybe I can research it a little more. Two monks were making a pilgrimage to venerate the relics of a great saint. During the course of their journey, they came to a river where they met a beautiful young woman, an apparently worldly creature, dressed in expensive finery and with her hair done up in the latest fashion. She was afraid of the current and afraid of ruining her lovely clothing. So she asked the brothers if they might carry her across the river. The younger and more exacting of the brothers was offended at the very idea and turned away with an attitude of disgust. The older brother didn't hesitate and quickly picked the woman up on his shoulders, carried her across the river, and set her down on the other side. She thanked him and went on her way. And the brother waded back through the waters. The monks resumed their walk, the older one in perfect equanimity and enjoying the beautiful countryside, while the younger one grew more and more brooding and distracted, 
so much so that he could keep his silence no longer and suddenly burst out, Brother, we are taught to avoid contact with women. And there you were, not just touching a woman, but carrying her on your shoulders. The older monk looked at the younger with a loving, pitiful smile and said, Brother, I set her down on the other side of the river. You are still carrying her. And so, you know, you get the idea of the story that the older brother who actually carried the woman, he, he had let it go. He did, he did what he did, you know, whether it was right or wrong or indifferent. He did it and he, that's it. It's done. And he kept walking, enjoying his walk. But the younger brother mentally was still holding on to it. And that's a, it's just a great story that illustrates the point that there's, you know, we look at things on a material level most of the time, but there's more important levels beyond that. And, and I think if you're listening to this show, you probably understand that in general. Um, I hope this story was a little helpful in terms of illustrating that. And um, like I said, I've been through it and uh, who knows, I may go through it again, right? We don't know. Um, but I do know that personally, I'm willing to to let go of things that that don't serve my spiritual growth. And of course, that's not always a popular decision. Other people are going to complain and ridicule and everything like that. But And that's not easy to deal with that either. But if we keep our focus on the right thing, um, on these higher spiritual values and, and spiritual states and divine love, which we're going to talk about in a minute, um, we can do it. So let's uh, take a quick break and then uh, we'll come back and read something very, very special. Okay, welcome back to The Mystic Show, and uh, if you'd like to consider supporting The Mystic Show so more people can benefit, there are several ways. Um, You can share each of our episodes on your social media, like Facebook and Twitter. You can tell your friends about The Mystic Show. Um, You can give the show a rating and a review in iTunes or Stitcher. That helps a lot. And you can contribute a dollar or two or three per episode uh, to help us continue to produce the show. Um, If you go to our website, themysticshow.net, and you go to the right side, there's an image that says, please consider supporting The Mystic Show. If you click on that, there's more details. Um, There's a lot more details, but I I can't get into it all here. So I am actually looking forward to reading this section of our James Allen book and and discussing it. Again, the book is called From Poverty to Power. It was published in 1901. It was James Allen's first book. And the section we're going to begin reading from today is called The Realization of Selfless Love. 
the realization of selfless love. Um, so let's, uh, let's go. It is said that Michelangelo saw in every rough block of stone a thing of beauty awaiting the master hand to bring it into reality. Even so, within each, there reposes the divine image awaiting the master hand of faith and the chisel of patience to bring it into manifestation. And that divine image is revealed and realized as stainless, selfless love. Hidden deep in every human heart, though frequently covered up with a mass of hard and almost impenetrable accretions, is the spirit of divine love, whose holy and spotless essence is undying and eternal. It is the truth in man. It is that which belongs to the supreme, that which is real and immortal. All else changes and passes away. This alone is permanent and imperishable. And to realize this love by ceaseless diligence in the practice of the highest righteousness, to live in it and to become fully conscious in it, is to enter into immortality here and now, is to become one with truth, one with God, one with the central heart of all things, and to know our own divine and eternal nature. To reach this love, to understand and experience it, one must work with great persistency and diligence upon his heart and mind, must ever renew his patience and keep strong his faith, for there will be much to remove, much to accomplish before the divine image is revealed in all its glorious beauty. He who strives to reach and to accomplish the divine will be tried to the very uttermost. And this is absolutely necessary. For how else could one acquire that sublime patience without which there is no real wisdom, no divinity? Ever and anon, as he proceeds, all his work will seem to be futile, and his efforts appear to be thrown away. Now and then, a hasty touch will mar his image, and perhaps when he imagines his work is almost completed, he will find what he imagined to be the beautiful form of divine love utterly destroyed. And he must begin again with his past bitter experience to guide and help him. But he who has resolutely set himself to realize the highest recognizes no such thing as defeat. All failures are apparent, not real. Every slip, every fall, every return to selfishness is a lesson learned, an experience gained, from which a golden grain of wisdom is extracted, helping the striver toward the accomplishment of his lofty object. To recognize that our vices we can frame a ladder if we will but tread beneath our feet 
each deed of shame is to enter the way that leads unmistakably toward the divine. And the failings of one who thus recognizes are so many dead selves upon which he rises, as upon stepping stones to higher things. Once come to regard your failings, your sorrows and sufferings, as so many voices telling you plainly where you are weak and faulty, where you fall below the true and the divine, you will then begin to ceaselessly watch yourself, and every slip, every pang of pain will show you where you are to set to work, and what you have to remove out of your heart in order to bring it nearer to the likeness of the divine, nearer to the perfect love. And as you proceed, day by day, detaching yourself more and more from the inward selfishness, the love that is selfless will gradually become revealed to you. And when you are growing patient and calm, when your petulances, tempers, and irritabilities are passing away from you, and the more powerful lusts and prejudices cease to dominate and enslave you, then you will know that the divine is awakening within you, that you are drawing near to the eternal heart, that you are not far from the selfless love, the possession of which is peace and immortality. Divine love is distinguished from human loves in this supremely important particular. It is free from partiality. Human loves cling to a particular object to the exclusion of all else. And when that object is removed, great and deep is the resultant suffering to the one who loves. Divine love embraces the whole universe and, without clinging to any part, yet contains within itself the whole, and he who comes to it by gradually purifying and broadening his human loves until all the selfish and impure elements are burnt out of them, ceases from suffering. It is because human loves are narrow and confined and mingled with selfishness that they cause suffering. No suffering can result from that love which is so absolutely pure that it seeks nothing for itself. Nevertheless, human loves are absolutely necessary as steps toward the divine, and no soul is prepared to partake of divine love until it has become capable of the deepest and most intense human love. It is only by passing through human loves and human sufferings that divine love is reached and realized. All human loves are perishable, like the forms to which they cling. But there is a love that is imperishable, and that does not cling to appearances. All human loves are counterbalanced by human hates. But there is a love that admits of no opposite or reaction, 
divine and free from all taint of self that sheds its fragrance on all alike. Human loves are reflections of the divine love and draw the soul nearer to the reality, the love that knows neither sorrow nor change. It is well that the mother, clinging with passionate tenderness to the little helpless form of flesh that lies on her bosom, should be overwhelmed with the dark waters of sorrow when she sees it laid in the cold earth. It is well that her tears should flow and her heart ache, for only thus can she be reminded of the evanescent nature of the joys and objects of sense and be drawn nearer to the eternal and imperishable reality. It is well that lover, brother, sister, husband, wife should suffer deep anguish and be enveloped in gloom when the visible object of their affections is torn from them, so that they may learn to turn their affections toward the invisible source of all, where alone abiding satisfaction is to be found. It is well that the proud and ambitious, the self-seeking, should suffer defeat, humiliation, and misfortune, that they should pass through the scorching fires of affliction. For only thus can the wayward soul be brought to reflect upon the enigma of life. Only thus can the heart be softened and purified and prepared to receive the truth. When the sting of anguish penetrates the heart of human love, when gloom and loneliness and desertion cloud the soul of friendship and trust, then it is that the heart turns toward the sheltering love of the eternal and finds rest in its silent peace. And whosoever comes to this love is not turned away comfortless, is not pierced with anguish nor surrounded with gloom, and is never deserted in the dark hour of trial. The glory of divine love can only be revealed in the heart that is chastened by sorrow, and the image of the heavenly state can only be perceived and realized when the lifeless, formless accretions of ignorance and self are hewn away. Only that love that seeks no personal gratification or reward, that does not make distinctions, and that leaves behind no heartaches, can be called divine. And we'll just take a quick little break.
All right, welcome back to the Mystic Show. We like to take these little breaks just to to pause for a, a few moments and, you know, generally sort of reflect on on what we just read, uh, which was very profound. I have a few notes from the reading here. You know, pretty early on in this section, he he says, hidden deep in every human heart, though though frequently covered up with a mass of hard and almost impenetrable accretions is the spirit of divine love. So he's saying that hidden deep in every human heart is divine love. However, it's frequently covered up with a mass of hard and almost impenetrable accretions. And um, this is has been described to me before as sort of like a cocoon wrapped around the divine light. Like each of us, by our own thoughts and actions, we sort of built up this veneer, right? This uh, hard covering. And, uh, you know, it reminds me of when, what did Jesus say? He said, uh, do not hide thy light behind a bushel or something like that. Right? He, so, and, and that could be taken to mean that he wants us to let our divine light shine, our divine love shine and, and be and express itself. Uh, but we cover it up with all of our own, you know, junk, all of our own layers and layers of selfishness and, you know, materialism and likes and dislikes and, and desires, right? So that, I, you know, you can think of yourself, okay? Right now inside of you, there is divine love. In the deepest part of your heart, there's divine love. Well, why can't you always, um, why are you not always able to shine that love on everybody all the time? Well, because you have your own desires and likes and dislikes and and all that, and habits, and and everything. So that's why it's said that, you know, reaching, striving to reach the divine goal is great, but we have to unload a bunch of our, our own baggage in order to get there. So I like, I, I always like talking about that because part, part of the thing on the spiritual journey is everyone is sort of thinking that they can have all their likes and dislikes and all their desires and all their own their own stuff and on top of it achieve the ultimate spiritual goal and it just it's just not true we can't you can't get into heaven so called with all your stuff with your car with your house with your money with your reputation right that's the <laughs> that stuff doesn't go there so and then he makes this i love this the way he distinguishes between divine love and human loves and he says human loves plural human loves which is interesting he says divine love is distinguished from human loves in this supremely important particular it is free from partiality and that right there 
is, I mean, really, I think we all need to meditate on that like every day for about five years. <laughs> and then we might understand more. Um, because obviously in the modern world, everyone throws around this word love and they mean human love most of the time, which really a better word for it is affection. Um, so divine love, you know, it's kind of like if you walk down the street or I'm trying to think of a scenario, but you know, if you're happy and joyful and, and you, and, and you say hello to somebody or you hold the door open for somebody, that's divine love, you know, coming through. Now I'm not saying it's not, but you know, our spiritual goal is a lot higher than, uh, than just, you know, performing some etiquette of society, holding a door open. So divine love is free from partiality. That's why the great masters, they don't favor any disciples or they don't distinguish between other human beings. Every human being is the same. Now, in helping other human beings grow, the teaching might be different the the points that the that the master makes might be different and the meditation that the master prescribes might be different but the masters never judge human beings as one better than the other we're all on this journey we all have divine love in our hearts and we all have it covered up at least part way or all if not all the way with all of our own desires and our our samskaras our karmas if you will um, and that's where we all are. And, and, and who's to say who's going to reach the goal first? Anyway, then, then he talks about, he says, it is well that the mother should be overwhelmed with the dark waters of sorrow if her child dies. And he goes on and he lists all these bad things that can happen to people, you know, the, the brother, sister, and the husband and the wife, if they should suffer deep anguish. And be enveloped in the gloom when the visible object of their affection is torn from them. Um, you know, what he's saying is that when the sting of anguish penetrates the heart of human love, that's when we have the opportunity to look beyond that to the divine love. And if we keep if we keep fulfilling all our desires and everything we receive that we like and we start earning more money and doing more things and living this life that we absolutely love, you know, we're not really going to grow that much. So sooner or later, the universe comes around and dishes out the sorrow because it's when, we, when we're sorrowful that we look for deeper meaning, right? We try to look beyond the, the veneer. And even the other line I like from this section, he says, uh, the glory of divine love can only be revealed in the heart that is chastened by sorrow. So our sorrow and our pain play a big role in our spiritual journey. And unfortunately, a lot of individuals, all they do is run away from pain. Now, I'm not saying you should be a pain magnet or run after pain or I forget what the word is 
you know, you shouldn't look for more and more pain, but how we handle pain and sorrow and how we look beyond it to, to grow spiritually or to understand these spiritual principles, that is our, it's a challenge, but it's also our opportunity. So this was, I mean, the distinction between divine love and human loves is, is wonderful. So I hope some of these concepts are valuable to you. And I hope you can, you know, as you move through your day or your night, maybe think about some of these principles and maybe even write in your journal your thoughts. And once this episode is up, which it, which it is now, on the website, you can comment on the post. So, themysticshow.net. So, I appreciate you listening. I'm happy to uh, share these thoughts, and it's all for the purpose of you and I and all of us growing by living by these deeper principles. First understanding them, and then living them. So, as always, keep shining. Keep shining.